Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. That's me. It is. Hooray. So, welcome back to our podcast. Um, we have a bit of an interesting movie to discuss for you guys today. Um, full disclosure, when Jamie and I first watched this, we kind of just looked at each other like we were actually going to have like a, a podcast where we recorded in the same room and we watched the movie together and we kind of just looked at each other and after it was over and it was just like what the fuck did we do <laughs> <laughs> how do we talk about this yeah and, and then we decided that we like we wouldn't because we just couldn't even think of any way of talking about this it was such a weird movie but then after we you know parted ways and a week later we're like you know maybe we should now that it's digested a little bit and yeah we've had a couple reviews on <laughs> let's try to make a podcast out of this movie that we watched yes which is called the house indeed um, and yeah <laughs> yeah and it, it's more so three short films merged yeah. into one with the only common denominator being the fact that it's in the same house more or less yeah. more or less. <laughs> that's also up for interpretation yes has to do with a house to some extent <laughs> yeah. i mean and, and like in some ways like the house is almost like its own kind of character yeah <laughs> because it's there and it's like I don't know, possessed or just evil or definitely creepy. I'm not really sure what kind of vibes the house is giving <laughs> off, but like not positive ones. <laughs> yeah, especially not in the first bit, for right. sure. And it kind of seems like like the house, the, the three different um, mini episodes. <laughs> yeah. Of like that happened throughout the movie. It seems like they kind of evolve over time. Like there's when the house is built and what first happens with it, and then kind of like after it's a first destruction, who kind of re you know finishes everything off in, in the second episode, and then like who kind of gets and ends up with it in the third episode. Um, and each one has its own little title, yeah. which I didn't pay much attention to when we were reading it to begin or watching it to begin with but when i was like reading something about it online if you read the titles like one right after another it's kind of like a short little poem yeah um so i'm gonna read that and it goes and here within a lie is spun then lost is truth that can't be won listen again and seek the sun mm -hmm. which i don't know what that means but you know <laughs> It is cool, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't realized that they rhymed either, and I actually wrote the titles. That's, like, basically the only note I have. Oh, well, there I read all of Jamie's notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but that, that's cool to have that little thing. So, you know, another through line to, to show that they're all linked in a way. Yeah. So, like, so let's kind of, like, give, like, would you recommend to somebody, like, to watch this show? <laughs> Like, what was your overall initial or maybe marinated thoughts on this, this movie? Yeah. Um, I think I would recommend someone to watch this specifically if they were into, like, stop-motion animation stuff and or kind of, like, quirky... I'm trying to think of all those, like, Netflix 
you know, yeah. um, labels, quirky, offbeat, mind bending. Um, Tim but, Burton-esque. Tim Burton-esque for sure. Um, those, are, if someone was into those sort of vibes, I would say like they may appreciate it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think having I browsed that article you sent me. I think that helps to to pinpoint some of like the important messages, which I think make it makes it a little more palatable for sure. Although I do right. think that the last like. I think the message is more the middle one maybe not but the the first the first part and the third part seem are, the message seems very clear even when you watch it like the unfolding of events are bizarre um but the overall importance seems to make sense to me but yeah. i don't know if those were coherent thoughts but what about you what is your marinated opinion of the thing would you recommend it to someone um, I would recommend it to to some people. Yeah, I don't think that this is a movie that's everyone is going to enjoy. Um, but like you know, Jamie said, if you're into this kind of of production, then you probably will enjoy it. And just like with the caveat, maybe that don't expect it to make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> like especially like don't expect the endings to conclude at all or or in the way that you thought that they would. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't. Um, but I, I did enjoy it when, like, we first watched it. Like, I definitely, like, we paused it halfway through and went and did something else. And then, like, I wanted to come back and finish it because it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and, but it's very strange. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But you're right. Like, it is, it does have an appeal to it that, like, you do want to keep watching. Um, yeah. Even if it doesn't quite make sense. Because I think it's hard to, like, approach something that doesn't have... A very clean-cut story um, with the beginning, yeah. middle, and end. You can, it can sometimes go. I think underappreciated for what it is. Right. Like I didn't look this up, but I would almost be interested in being like, how was this conceptualized? Because I remember us saying like, it feels almost like someone was essentially told, "Here's a house. <laughs> Write me three stories with no other." <laughs> <laughs> an right. indication of what they should do um and no like no knowledge of what was being written in the other stories <laughs> right yeah their own group of people writing like a unique story um but like i think like if you think about it like on a timeline and like a beginning a middle and an end for the house and not the individual stories this kind of is like the beginning the middle and the end for like the house's life that's true. And maybe like that's how we're supposed to be looking at it because mm, it is called Touche. It's the house's story, not the individual's. That's that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> Perhaps indeed. <clears throat> so it starts off like he like Jamie mentioned, this is all stop motion animation, and each three of the three stories is like a different type of stop motion animation, different characters, different species that are personified. The first one is like humans, but they're weird and creepy with like huge <laughs> heads and like tiny little faces on them. Yes. <laughs> and then the second one is all like rats that are personified. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the third one is cats. Yeah. Um, so like, do you want to kind of just like go through and tell like the story, each story? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the first one, uh, as Meta said, begins with people and it's the creation of the house, um, which is ultimately a, a desire from the father 
to in a way kind of stand up to his like shitty family that comes to visit and makes him feel like shit. He yeah. like, cause they're, they live in a very modest, you know, as a family of four, they live in a very modest, like country house essentially, or country home essentially. And um, they ultimately meet this like weird benefactor who like, the only stipulation he has is that they have to live in the house essentially. And, and they can't ever return to their home. They have to yeah. leave their home move into this house and if they do it it's this grand mansion they can have it for free basically yeah and so then we have like only ever clips of the benefactor creepily laughing from time to time Um, like in the attic (laughs) yeah and then we also have like this really odd builder who's staring like constantly staring at (laughs) the youngest the young girl mabel um and yeah like pretty much we find out that the house and the 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 benefactor kind of have like the house almost has like a mind of its own like the benefactor is constantly changing it but the house in some ways seems right. to be living um to the extent even that both the mother and father are like ultimately transformed into just furniture in the house right. it's and it's kind of like the house it's is absorbing its yeah. occupant like the benefactor is like looking for people that the house can absorb and like you can see in one scene that like the mabel is looking out the window and their old home is actually being torn down so that they have like more raw materials to add to the new house yeah the house so like the the house is kind of ends up absorbing everything from their old life um and ultimately the parents themselves turn into like furniture a chair and curtains respectively um, so it completely absorbs them into the very fabric of the house. <laughs> yeah, and it's like there are various points in time where the parents are almost like, um, what do I want to say, like charmed in a way or unaware of... Hypnotized by... Hip- hypnotized, it's good. Yeah, they're like hypnotized by the house and everything that's happening. And so they, for a little bit, are like kind of ignoring their children and stuff. But, you know in destroying like actively helping destroy like their old possessions even things that the father had like considered important like his you know rare antique furniture and all this stuff um right and eventually though like the mother at least (laughs) has like the wherewithal to you know form some sort of like self rope um to allow isabel and mabel to escape which they ultimately do so like in the end you know, the mother saw reason and right. the father too, because he was like, get out or whatever. Um, yeah, the other father like yells after the whole house around them like catches fire because he's like burnt too much of his possessions. The room around them catches fire and the father yells at them to get out or the chair, chair dad. And then yeah. Kurt and mom helps to like lower them out the window so the kids can run away. They seem to be the only ones like not affected by the creepy hypnotic ways of the house. Yeah. And they also have like the youngest daughter, Isabel, is also, you know, very strangely intelligent and sentient for like a young, <laughs> young baby. Like she's the one who finds where all of the stuff from the old, old houses and right you know all she knows where like the secret passages are and stuff which is kind of funny but right but yeah i mean that's it's, that's just kind of how that ends too is yeah walking like, off into the night <laughs> right and so like the thought for me at least was like okay that's part one next we're gonna see like what isabel or i'm sorry what isabel or mabel end up doing in terms of right. like not getting maybe getting vengeance or like trying to destroy the house but 
nope it's instead different species and we pass yeah. to the the mouse or rat people right which is why well i think we have to think of this is like chapter yeah. two in the house's story like the first occupants have have been absorbed yeah. into it or left and like years later this rat guy gets this house and he's trying to fix up all of the damage that's been done by the fire that happened from the first occupants. It's like my assumption. It, we're seeing like the end result of him fixing up this house, yeah. but he's cut a lot of corners yeah. and he's not really like secured the, the foundation at all. He's kind of just like blacked really nice looking shit on top of, you know, floorboards that are filled with cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> masking the fact that there's not a lot good happening with the bones of this house <laughs> right and there's like the the strangest part of especially this part two but probably the entire movie is that there is like a fairly lengthy musical interlude during which the rat guy is like lying on the his back and watching this like almost musical theater performance by yeah. the various insects that are inhabiting the house. Um, like a full Broadway show production. Yeah. Things. While he's just lying on the floor. <laughs> Staring upward. Um, so that was um, something. Maybe he, you know, accidentally inhaled some of that insect poisoning. <laughs> he must have. Yeah. Maybe that's what that was meant to symbolize because he definitely like sprays it all over himself and everywhere else too. Yeah. when he's trying to, to kill them. I think that dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the strangest thing, cause like his um, character design isn't like too creepy or weird. He just kind of looks like, what you would expect a normal sort of personified mouse to be. Right. Um, but the the people who come to visit, like especially the couple that takes over the house, like the 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 wife, her torso is so long. And it's so weird because she's like as tall as the house, basically. Um one of the um things that I have watched about this, because I watched a couple of different mm. videos on it too, they said that like they believed that the rat people, um, not the main character, but most of the rest of them, they're like insect rat hybrids. So they're just oh. not like drawn to look like they're part rat and part of the insects that are already in the house. Oh. So that's why they have such weird body shapes. Okay. I could see that then. Yeah, that made sense. <laughs> yeah, because it's like they're very odd. And like the only thing we ever say, they ever say about the people is that like this was their house at one point. Like they lived right. here before and and all this stuff, um, which is just very odd. Before the great fire. The fire. But, um, but yeah, ultimately uh, he kind of ends up losing his mind and reverting to like this very like stereotypical like what you picture as like a normal rat like digging about and right. scurrying and he's like throughout he always tries to present himself as like this very clean cut guy he's got the suit and the tie on even though we know he's like almost broken and, and living yeah. on like a cot in the basement like he tries to present that you know this air of like wealth to all of the potential buyers he's got this smartphone and he can change the lights in the kitchen with just the click of a button kind of thing and and all of these these fancy gadgets all over the house that he tries to direct the buyer's attention to, but like 
like underneath that all both for himself like in his own life and in like the life of the house there's like a lot of rot (laughs) and like lies kind of being laid on top of of the situation right and i mean you know if ever there was a message i guess it would be that you really need to take care of the rot before you can move forward and seriously try to get what you want yeah and and like the house at the end ultimately ends up absorbing him too because we see like all of the rats insect hybrids kind of just destroying all of these great fancy appliances and you know nice furniture and all these nice things he'd put on top of the house they're they're just completely destroying all of that and he is there you know on his on his hands and knees and his uh suit and everything is like in tatters and he kind of just scurries off into the wall at one point so like it has absorbed him as well yeah that's true it is and then we pass on to the cats. The cat one, which is probably my favorite of the three. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Like, and it, it's it's so like I think supposed to be quite a ways into the future because it kind of opens with like this idea that the house is still there on this hillside, but everything else as far as the eye can see in every direction is flooded and initially there's a little bit of a yard around the house but like as the um movie progresses the flood gets closer and closer and closer to the house and it's like obvious eventually the water is going to take over the house as well yeah um and this cat woman (laughs) this cat woman living inside of it and she's like rented out apartments to a couple of tenants most of them have left because of the flood but there's like two remaining who are not paying her in money but at the same time where is she gonna spend the money at because she can't go anywhere right (laughs) she's really flood bound in this house um and like and she must have kind of like taken over this place after the rats and the insects had kind of destroyed most everything in it and she's obsessed with trying to like fix it up to make it her house is yeah. kind of like what her obsession is <laughs> yeah and i mean it i this one was i think a lot of fun because the tenants also were like finally not I mean, I don't know if I should say they weren't super strange. Like, the very hippie-esque woman definitely was, but, like, relatable in a way. Like, right. like they're definitely not human because, you know, they're cats, but they're the most sort of down-to-earth in a way. Right. Or and, realistic, you know? Yeah, yeah. And more, like, just personable and nice. You yeah. Know, you feel like they have genuine emotions for each other and... Um, even like Cosmos, who like is the the one cat tenant's like lover who just manifests out of nowhere one day. Yes. With a t- and is like, I'm going to stay here for a time. And um, like he brings, I think, to the to the house this like sense of like mysticism and magic. Yeah. And he's ultimately the one that's able to kind of show. I'm trying to remember. Is it Jen? No, Jen. Rosa. Rosa, Rosa is Rosa's the main person, yeah. Yeah, the match. He like Cosmos is able to show Rosa that like he needs to choose like these relationships in her life, these people who have stayed with her, um, Jen and forgetting the other cat's name, the Which, man. Yeah, I can't remember either. But like they they they've stayed with her through all of this. Yeah. And now they also are leaving. Like you need to, to go with them. There's this is you know there's nothing left for you here. Everything is flooded. Um, and she does ultimately like take that chance, and she's the first one who is able to kind of like break free from the house's spell 
sort of because she sells away in the house (laughs) yeah which is like i i think i almost would have liked it because yeah what happens is like the house somehow has been i assume by cosmos been redesigned to turn into a boat um which i found kind of like I almost would have preferred if she had also taken a part of the house and transformed it into a boat. So it was like a legitimate boat with her right. leaving the rest of the house behind. Cause yeah, it, it's almost like she's managed to like, in a way become mobile at least, or realize that there are other things that are important, but she's still very much attached to this house, you know? He is, but I feel like Cosmos kind of breaks the spell over her, you know, or over the house. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe there'll be a part two and we'll see how that works out. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. um, You know, maybe, maybe the house is also like this. If this is the ending for the house's story, then maybe the house itself is also now free from its original creator, Mm. that benefactor guy, and it can sail away too. Maybe. I like that. But yeah, I mean, it's a really fun... I mean, it's a very interesting movie. I I definitely like... I'm glad that we ended up watching it. Um, Yeah. Even if it is very, very strange. But... um, Sad that we didn't get to record on it in person, but I feel like we needed to think about it for a week or so i think so too yeah thoughts on what all of this could mean yeah but yeah um as madison says like we after we were a while we're like well we did watch it we should probably do something with this (laughs) but we can um, actually form coherent thoughts on it now yeah did you it seems like we can yeah it does seem like we can do you happen to have any quotes from it besides the poem (laughs) i didn't take any um notes when we were watching it and I didn't rewatch it for this. And so now I don't have any quotes beyond the little poem titles or title poem. Yeah. I only have two short ones and they're from the third. Um, and the first one is from Jen. So Jen is sort of like the hippie cat. Um, yeah. And at one point uh, Rosa is talking about like a time crunch and how she wants to get things done by X amount of time. And Jen's like, I gave up on time years ago. And so, you know, she's just a free spirit these days. Um, And then the last thing I'll say is from Cosmos, actually, because he said like quite a bit of of nice and relevant things. Um, He did, yeah. But at one point he said, uh, for those who decide not to find it, there can be nothing. So you got to go out there and explore and, you know. Find it. Find it. (laughs) On that note. If you if you found it, uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at NNO Podcast, or you can send us an email to navigating Netflix Originals at gmail.com. You can let us know what it is that you found. Indeed, um, and also feel free to let us know if there is anything else you would like us to discuss. Yes, coming up um, as a teaser, we will say that in the near future we will be discussing. Bridgerton season two because we obviously are excited for season two. Although I did read that there is not nearly as many sex scenes as oh. season two there was in season one, so a little disappointed mm. about that. Well, maybe we won't be talking about Bridgerton. I'm just kidding. Maybe we won't <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll still be great. I'm sure it will be. <laughs> but yeah, so thanks everyone for listening, and until next time. Bye. Bye.